Welcome into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. We have post-game reactions. The Jets falling to one and one on the season after a 30 to 10 defeat in Dallas against the Cowboys. Uh, lots to get into. Looks from the offense. Looks from the defense. We've got some dramatics on Twitter after as well too. All sorts of fun stuff to dive into. Before we get to all that, make sure to follow us on Twitter at nyj underscore chasing sixty nine. Same as the YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's in there. Theodore, last Monday when we did this first one, it was probably the most depressed podcast we've ever done. Super sad. Uh, this one doesn't feel as good, uh, that all that much better. Not as depressing, but, uh, you know, here we are sitting, you know, after a really yeah. deflating loss. Still depressing, honestly. Yeah, um, not as bad. I was thinking earlier, I was like, I was like, man, like, here we go again. Another podcast where, you know, I got to do this like reaction. And it's just like, I'm just so bummed. Like, we're so sad. And then I was like, well, we did win last week. Like, that was like, that really <laughs> did get swept <laughs> under the rug. Of course. It um, did. And this one, I mean, today w- was like all the fears of the offseason of, of just being like, man, this feels so good. Like, I just hope things don't go so wrong and we're just right back where we were. Like this game was a game from last year, you know, or from any of the last like five years. And and it was just like a game that we have seen before over and over and over again, where the offense doesn't look good. And then the defense starts letting up points and we're making mistakes left and right. And, and today was just, it was a tough time in my household because I was just sitting there watching just like god damn here we go again um so yeah that's kind of where i'm at yeah i mean yeah i (laughs) i I think one of the things that i want to start with first is talking about defensively because i saw a lot of people out there on twitter i saw kind of he was talking about the defense just needs to be better the defense needs to be better the defense was you know a letdown in this game obviously there is a focus on the offense struggling to put up what they put up 17 points themselves or 16 points last week 10 this week so there's still offensive troubles um i still will continue to come back to this thing if you are a defense that is you know on the field for what 45 minutes of the game, like you're eventually gonna wear down as deep as we want to say yeah. this defensive line is as good as the corners are, as good as some of the linebacking play has been. Thought another solid game from Quincy Williams again. Like we have to understand it the Dallas Cowboys controlled that ball the entire second half, and there were four field goals, which included multiple uh goal line stops, you know, fourth and goal situations where they're settling for uh, yeah. field goals. So I want to start with the fact that, yes, allowing 30 points in the game isn't great, but this offense is the reason that the defense was on the field for so long and why this score ended up being 30 for Dallas as opposed to, like, 17. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I'm happy that this is where you're kind of starting. What's funny about this game was, you know, I felt like obviously we know that we're doing this show after. So I'm thinking about like kind of things to point out and things I'm seeing as it goes. And it did feel like I had a lot of like talking points that then you watch the second half and they just sort of crumbled. Um, But one of those really definitely was like the defense. It's easy to look at what happened and be like, well, the defense played bad, but exactly what you just said, like, when your offense isn't moving the ball at all and you're out there over and over and over again, you have short fields, you know, 
it, it's just not like you're going to give up points. I think you look at the first half, right? We get everyone was freaking about, out about the defense by the time halftime hit. Yep. And we had allowed 18 points. You know, Dallas went down and scored on their first drive. You know, tough. Made it look easy. That sucks. Mm-hmm. But they did. Scripted then, plays, good offense. You know, only scored um, to, like another field goal and then another touchdown later in that in that half. And you look at like how it came about the their second touchdown came from, you know, a punt that went to like the 45 yard line. So it was like a short field for the Cowboys. And then we had three goal lines or two goal line stands where we stopped them on third and goal would have forced Mm -hmm. a field goal but then allowed them, you know, with penalties, roughing the passers that didn't even really look like roughing the passers, you know, whatever you want to say about all that. But so if you want to give them the credit for the mistakes and say, hey, the defense still allowed those points because they're the ones making the penalties, sure, go for it. But when you really look at, especially this first half in context, it's like the defense was on the field for 20 minutes, I think like 22 minutes of of the 30 uh, game time. And only let up 18 points. And when you really look at it, they kind of got dicked around and were actually playing awesome, you know? And that's kind of why I said it was like the same game that we've seen over and over again, because I can't tell you how many times we have seen a Jets team with a struggling offense, you know, for whatever reason, and we'll move on to the offense later, but you know, whether you want to blame the quarterback or blame uh, the play calling or blame the offensive line or blame the run game, like, we're watching a struggling offense who can't stay on the field and can't stay, can't put up points continuously put the defense back on the field. And then you see that defense make save after save after save. This game could have been out of hand, you know, halfway through the second quarter, but instead you, the defense holds them to a field goal. So it's only 10 zero instead of uh 14 zero. And then the defense continues to hold them to field goals in the second half. It was 24 to 10. We're within two possessions. It could have easily been 35 to 10 at that moment, you know? So everyone is going to point at the defense because it's easy to look at the stats and say that. And it's kind of one of those things you just have to take it on the chin. Like, yeah, you could have played better. They were definitely moving the ball on us. But at the end of the day, the offense has to stay on the field if this defense wants to have a chance to play, you know, especially against the better offenses in the league. The, the run game, the run defense was amazing. Uh, holding Tony Pollard to 2.9 yards per carry, um, you know, on, on 25 attempts too. So they definitely tried to feed him in the run game and it was not right effective. Back. Yep. <laughs> so run game, I, I guess I'm just going to go while Teddy is off disappearing. The I'm run here. game, you can hear me? Okay, good. The my run dog, ga- uh, oh shit. My dog was just scraping at the... Oh, that's funny. I couldn't even hear him. Scraping at the door, so I had that's to let funny. him in here. Yeah. So we'd chill out. The, the right, run, I'm back, everybody. The, the run defense was super efficient. Um, the amount of times that you would see a Solomon Thomas or a Quinn and Williams in the backfield, John Franklin Myers back there as well, too. Like the, uh, Bryce Huff, a few good plays against the run game as well, too. Um, and then really with the, the passing game, I think the Cowboys went into this knowing that as long as they didn't take too many chances, if they kept their offense extremely simple, short, intermediate routes, they knew they could just like do enough to keep progressively working their way down the field. 
because they knew on the opposite side their defense was going to hold up just fine against the Jets offense, which is definitely something we need to flip to uh, shortly. But, uh, you know, Dak was efficient as hell, 31 for 38, 255, two touchdowns, no yeah. picks. Um, so I think they looked at this game plan and they said, we're just – we're not going to let ourselves – you know, we're not going to beat ourselves. We're going to give what the defense takes us. Um, you know, they were very efficient in, in the past game, as I was saying, but I don't know. I, I just, I can't blame the defense after all this time of, of just how often they were on the field. I mean, the time of possession, Teddy, would you want to guess how many of the 60 minutes the Cowboys were on the field um, uh, or the Jets defense was on the field? 40, 42, 42. Yep. 42. 42. Nailed it. To the yeah. Jets, seventeen forty-five. They ran a total. The Cowboys ran a total of eighty-three plays on offense to the Jets, forty-six. Um, they were fifty percent on third down. So, like I said, you know they were getting to those short, you know, second and third down situations and converting on them. Twenty-six first downs. But I, I just, I don't, I don't know what you expect the Jets defense to do week and week again when you know on the opposite side of the ball they're getting next to nothing. Right, and, and it's it's you know there are things you can blame the defense for certainly. Like they didn't play a perfect game. No. But at the end of the day, it's like when you have one of the best defenses in the league, it, you know, it's like, can you expect them to do it every every snap, you know, when your offense is going out there and doing nothing? Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. It's just the way that, like, it's a bend, don't break defense. You know what I'm saying? So, we're used to the defense giving up yards and allowing teams to move on them a little before we then, you know, get a holding penalty and put them behind the sticks and then are able to get off the field or, or get an interception, get a turnover. And you look at today, we weren't able to force those turnovers because of our lack of offense. The Cowboys offense was able to just control the game, control the clock, you know, and it kind of just got away from us. And moving to the offense, like this really did feel like one of those games. And again, it's like, we've seen it time and time again, there were plenty of mistakes that you could put on the offense, you know, obviously with three or four turnovers. Um, it obviously wasn't good, but it also just felt like one of those games where it's like, they never even really got a shot. You know, it, it was just like all of a sudden, you know, through the first through the first four or five drives, it was just three and out, three and out, three and out. They had the one first down um, off the fake punt and then another three and out. It was just like the offense couldn't do anything. And, and I think that will be kind of where I want to start and, and kind of get your thoughts on like what hindered us the most there. Um, but again, just to reiterate, like when the defense is on the field, the entire game, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, to to answer your question and to switch this conversation to the Jets' offense, um, it's weird because I think everybody's going to take a look again at the Zach Wilson stat line at the end of the day, and they're going to take a look and they're going to say, "Wow, twelve of twenty-seven, one seventy to one touchdown with three picks." Right. Um, where a lot of the mistakes for Zach Wilson came at the end of the game, toward the middle of the third quarter, end of the fourth quarter, where he started to having to, you know push the ball a little bit. He had to take more chances. You know, the one pick that I would say was like atrocious was the third and final one. The other ones, he's thrown it into tight windows, trying to give his playmakers a chance. Were they great throws? No, that last one really bad. Um, I thought early on 
you saw enough zip from him. Um, there were some inaccuracies, but I thought he had he was comfortable enough. Now the, the the offensive line was not doing him any favors. There was a lot of pressure on him. Dwayne Brown had a really rough game again. Same with Lake and Tomlinson. Um, and, and against Michael Parsons. True. Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> of course. But this was after another week one, I'd say for Dwayne yeah, specifically totally. and, and, and both of them where it wasn't a good, so this is two weeks in a row now. Um, so Honestly, for the offense, I'd put the blame on so many different levels. You could go with the quarterback play because it's not Aaron Rodgers and they just have to get with, you know, grips that this offense is just not going to be as prolific as they want it to with Zach Wilson um, under center. You have to put it on the offensive line for not being able to do its job for a young quarterback who is struggling. Um, and then you, I have to put some on the play calling. Look, I, I understand, you know, you know, you get down seven, 10 points early on. You want to instill a little bit of confidence in your quarterback. I thought they abandoned the run far too quickly. And then even personnel wise, I was very confused with their um, lack of running the ball to the right side of the, the uh, offensive line. We saw that be the most successful part of their offense in week one was running it behind a, a Makai Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker and a tight end. That was extremely successful. I think it averaged six point something yards per carry in week one. Um, I believe they ran it to the right side four times uh earlier today and um the rest of the runs to the left side average i think two point something yards per carry it was not good running it to the left side i wish i had those numbers up there because um this would be you know i'd paint a, a better picture than i am right now um there there comes a point in time late in the third quarter early fourth quarter where yeah you gotta you gotta throw the football you gotta get the ball moving down the field and I understand that the Dallas defense was going to hone in on that run game, but even personnel choices. CJ Uzoma, I look, I get it. You're the the higher paid tight end. I get, you know, being the you know leader of that room and being on the field more. But through two games now, Jeremy Ruckert has been the best blocking tight end, and he played all of like five snaps today. And he was and one of them, he was moving guys around in the run game. So I I there's a blame at all levels for this offense for me, where I think. Obviously, you know, the quarterback's not going to be what it is, you know, what you were expecting out of Aaron Rodgers. So you're missing just a dynamic playmaker to make up for little things or to have a mature perspective on running an offense. Um, I blame the offensive line, specifically the left side, for not doing its job for the second week in a row. And I blame the play calling um, for one personnel and not having the right guys out there. And then two, you know, just abandoning the run as quickly as they did. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think you painted a good picture of like, like I said before, like everywhere was bad, you know, like, yeah. like you really can point anywhere to blame, even sometimes on the defense, See, like the whole team just needed to play better. There was one play. It's the Garrett Wilson touchdown. That That is what we got right. offensively that you're like, okay, that's, that's cool. Yeah. And, you know, I want to start with the play calling because it is this like interesting, you know, twofold kind of like conversation that that I want to kind of dive into because the big story coming out of the game is, you know, the Jets completely abandoned the run and they most certainly did. Um, Brees Hall, one of your better players, you obviously just signed Dalvin Cook. Um, Brees kind of complained a little bit after the game, you know, to the reporters, they asked him about the struggling run game. And he was like, well, I, you know, I only touched, I only got four touches. Um, Took to Twitter as well too. I were throwing that in there yeah. and tweeted four football emojis I and know. Then deleted the tweet yeah. and then deleted. Yeah. It. Yeah. Feeling some type of way. And I think that's fair. 
and I I do kind yeah. of like I I don't hate the squeaky wheel, you know, because it's like complain and 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 you know, I think this is really Hackett's you know big first adversity of this season, and we're all going to be sitting here waiting to watch next week and see like are you going to learn from some of these things and kind of change it up and, and, and make sure you're involving your best players more, or are you kind of going to fall back into the same, same mistakes? What I think is interesting about this conversation though, is early in the game, you know, and I don't have like the, the run pass splits or anything like that in front of me, but to me, I do feel like there's some aspect of like, we need to take the training wheels off of Zach Wilson. Um, because like, I do understand it's like, this guy has shown us, you know, that he can make mistakes and he can be volatile and whatever, but it's like, at the end of the day, if we want to go out and compete with other good NFL teams, and we want to be able to have an offense that can move the ball and put up more than 10 or 16 points in a game, like Zach Wilson's going to have to be able to throw the ball around a little bit. And I think he's shown that he has improved in just his ability to kind of make easy completions, get the ball downfield. And I think you just need to increase his opportunities to do that early in a game, you know, when it's zero, zero, when it's seven, nothing like instead of, Oh, now it's 18 to 10 to seven. We really need to start throwing and just throw every play. I really think early in the game, you kind of have to say like, let's at least show some trust in this guy to move the offense, you know? And obviously there were, it's like the QB sneak didn't work. If that had worked, maybe things get rolling a little bit all these kind of particular things, but I just didn't love the play calling early because Zach Wilson, you know, isn't going to be able to just make a play when he has one pass per drive, you know, it doesn't really work like that. That's a great point. I've got, I've got the first few drives up here that actually paint that perfectly. So first, first play of the game, negative four yard rush from uh, Brees Hall. So you're already set up second and 14 next play, nine, nine yard completion to Lazard. Um, and then third and five, he gets sacked. And that's Micah Parsons. He just he makes his statement. So you're you're three and out. You got to give it up quick. You really had the one pass to, to get him going, tried for a second one, didn't get there. Then the next drive, you've got a three-yard rush for Dalvin Cook, followed by a six-yard rush for Dalvin Cook, set up with third and one. You don't get it. Obviously, they go for the punt, but you go uh nine-yard rush after that with the fake punt for Brees Hall. Uh one incomplete pass. Uh, to Garrett Wilson, third and one run, and they don't get it for Zach Wilson. They have to punt uh, then as well, too. So I get what you're saying early on. They were very run dominant. And uh, I think when you go back to the Bills game, they were very run dominant as well, too, and just trying to protect Zach Wilson. But that's a a really good point because, yeah, if you want him to get into a rhythm, maybe it's nice to start off the first play of the game with just like a you hit Garrett Wilson on one of those bubble screens that you always see Rodgers do. Like get your guys involved, get the – get the um relationship going quickly get some confidence into your quarterback don't build it up all through practice throughout the week get in that first or second drive and take a take a few shots with him and then if you can because that's the thing too is if you can make the defense have to respect the passing game early on that makes the run game that much easier you know if you've got a few first downs that you're getting through the air with zach wilson the defense is backing up a little bit and they're saying, okay, we got to respect this passing game. And then Dalvin cook and Brees can dice up on some of those plays there too. So yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point, Teddy. I I like that as in terms of like letting the training wheels off Zach Wilson, let him start the rhythm of this offense, let him dictate it and let the other guys come back into, you know, balance things out at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's kind of like where, you know, it, it, it feels like we never really got, 
a shot because we were just constantly off the field. And, you know, those three and outs, it's like it sucks, right? Like Zach gets sacked. Is that Zach's fault? Is that not Zach's fault? It's like, sure, you can throw the blame all over the place, you know, like whatever. But, uh, you know, you have to – I don't know, man. Like you, you, you have to be able to be an NFL offense at some point. Like we have to be able to just say, you know, let's get Garrett Wilson, you know, two back-to-back receptions on screen passes. Like let's run a slant route. Like let's, let's make sure Brees gets the ball. Let's run a, a screen pass. I do just want to throw out, you know, Brees Hall did have two drops, uh, which was very frustrating. One of them was a very tough pass. I'll give him a break on one of them. It was like a side arm, like under pressure. They yeah. were trying to feed it to him. But yes, there was another one that was very frustrating. Still. And then and then Garrett Wilson also did have one uh one drop, which was just again like such a classic Jets moment of like, oh, it's it was a second and ten play. It was kind of a, a short pass to Garrett with two blockers out in front of him. And it, it just seemed like, oh, finally, we're getting the ball into our, our best playmaker's hands. And, you know, it just doesn't work out for us. And he drops it and, and we end up punting or whatever it was. Um, I guess my point is, like, moving to Zach Wilson, it's an odd game because it, exactly how you just said it, like, you're going to look at his stats and it looks really bad. You know, like, you can't go Real 12 bad. of 27 with three touchdowns. And, and, you know, really argue or three picks, excuse me, and really argue that, you know, he played well, but it was this weird thing where like Zach actually did look better than he has, you know, he was able to move the ball. Yeah, exactly. And then we got into this point, like two of his picks were on like the first or second play of the drive, you know, which, which even makes it that much worse. And it did kind of feel like the game was over at that point. But you're still hoping like, hey, let's put a drive together here. Let's go get get, you know, a touchdown back, whatever. And it's picks. And that's what I think is tough about Zach Wilson is is for a half while not being pretty. You know, it did kind of feel like, hey, everything else is kind of blowing up. But for once, Zach Wilson is actually looking like he's kind of doing what we want him to do. And maybe if we can just stay on the field and and let him, you know, kind of get some rhythm things will start working out for him. And I think that was kind of the consensus for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. up until a point, I was kind of ready to have that discussion on this podcast and kind of talk about, you know, obviously we had to see what he did, but whether a mix of, you know, just being at that point of the game where you're trying to play hero ball or whatever, the mental really did get back to Zach, you know, where like, Oh shit, we're down big. I'm not playing well throw a pick you know throw another pick throw one more like it that you could tell that definitely like all of a sudden it was like fuck man like i'm just he's not locked in anymore he's just trying to make plays he's trying to like get us get everything back in one throw and fit it into tight windows and do what he's doing and you know at, it, but but at that point in the game i'm okay with it if you're no if you're i totally already, yeah. totally agree with you totally yes but so it's just this weird like Yes, Zach Wilson played horrible, but he did show these flashes where it's like, well, maybe things were going to go well. And maybe if we're not playing the Cowboys with Micah Parsons, you know, like that one pick where he rolled out away from Micah Parsons and then throw it like that was basically because of Micah Parsons, you know, like he made that play Mm -hmm. and he really was, you know, (laughs) we talked about it. I talked about it on last week's podcast, despite being confident that we would be able to win. 
I did say like if the story will be this D line and Micah Parsons against the Jets offensive line and similar to what he did against the Giants, he was able to just beat anyone who was trying to block him for us and completely dominate the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, man, my like my real takeaways from this game is it was just really, really ugly. And I think you can point to quarterback play, offensive line, play calling, you know, and criticize all of them. And it all just comes down to like, are they going to be able to kind of correct these issues against worse opponents? I guess this, the, the drives I'm looking at right now, cause we had the first ones up for the jets. I mean, Dallas starts off with a 12 play easy down the field, and then it's a three and out. And then, you know, the next long drive for Dallas is 14 plays followed by a jets three and out. Even then, you know, they force a punt defensively, the Jets then at one play touchdown. So then Dallas right. immediately gets it back 13. And that was my first comment. Score. I texted you guys. I was like, Jets defense going to be tight. That's one of those things where it's like, man, I wish we could have put a drive. To- like, it's awesome seeing Garrett do that. But look, it's like, I wish we could have put a drive together and kept our defense off the field. And then the only time they could put together a long drive the entire day is an 11 play drive. They kick the field goal and then it's halftime. So it's like, you didn't right. even really give you know, the other, you know, the defensive chance, obviously they go into halftime rested, but then it's a 12 play drive for Dallas to start off the second half, two plays fumble. And then, you know, Dallas gets it back. Right. Another 12 play field goal for Dallas followed by a three play interception drive for the jets. And it's just like, at some point, like you, you, you do have to understand the defense is trying to do as best as they can, but they are fucking gassed at that point. Right. And and, short week, you look at a lot you of look snaps. at even how we started the second half, you know, and it was incomplete pass, negative two yard rush, penalty, two yard rush, punt, you yeah. know. Then they go on a huge drive. Then it's a two play drive, Dalvin Cook fumble. Then they go on another drive. Then it's a three and out. Then they go on another drive. And then it's just like two plays, interception, next drive a little bit of a drive interception like it you know it was just one of those games and and it's like break it down however you want to I think you know if the Jets go up against worse opponents they'll look a little better and they'll be able to win some games and do something hopefully they can be competitive and win against the Patriots but like right now this team is is a lot what it was last year you know where it's it's a good defense and it's an offense who has, you know, no real identity yet, no real consistency. And it just struggles to get the ball in their best players hands. You know, like that's what's so fresh is Garrett Wilson, even with the big play has two receptions. Brees Hall gets four carries, even Dalvin cook. Like I feel like could have got more touches despite, you know, people not thinking he looks his best and having the fumble and all that. The leading rusher was Zach Wilson on the day. Like that's where it gets so crazy. I, know, like, I really thought Zach Wilson like was playing no, playing well for a that while. That wanted to be like, something I, really I meant. I wanted that. to bring this up. Is like I told you on Wednesday's pod I was going to give him the Dallas game to like kind of base right. it. And if you were to just show me the box score, I'd be like I'm done. But from what he's I done. saw, because I'm not I'm I I'm not saying that he's 
he's granted this like do over for how bad the second half went. But I thought up until the game got out of hand, he was playing fine. And then he had to force it a little bit. And when you have to force it a little bit, a defense like the cows, the Dallas Cowboys defense is going to take advantage of that. So I am not saying that I think he's going to get this team to the promised land, but I think he's definitely deserving of, you know, still what the Jets had been echoing this entire week where it's like Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback for this season. Yeah. And I think that's been like an interesting dynamic on like Jets Twitter right now is because actually a lot of people do seem to kind of have his back, you know, and uh, I saw a tweet talking about kind of like the locker room vibe and it was kind of just everyone like huddled around Zach trying to just keep his confidence up. Because it really was an unfortunate day for him um, because, again, like for whatever reason, whether you want to blame him or all these external factors, like they really just never got a shot to get it going. And then it just kind of snowballed into this terrible thing. Um, And it's like that's not an excuse. But at the same time, give Dallas their flowers. You know, they were just better than us on both sides of the ball. And I think they will be that way against a lot of teams that they play this year. Um. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Holy fuck. I, I I guess just my, like, again, my overall sentiment of just sitting there and being like, God damn, look at us go. Like, this again, is, just watching this same exact game. And then a perfect it's the, example. Well, It's the 2022 podcast. Like, right. This, is, this, this yeah. feels like every conversation we had last year, every single one. 1,000%. The difference being that, at times last year, it would be like, man, if Zach Wilson could have just like completed a screen pass. Fair. Like, yeah. That is the biggest difference, you know, but then you look into the second half where it's just like pick, 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 and it is the same thing. Um, yeah, dude, it, it, it's the uh, specifically, you know, the Dalvin Cook fumble where we come out to start the second half, quick three and out, you know, quick three and out. And it's just like, fuck. And then what does our great defense do, you know, that everyone says needs to get better and everyone says sucks and everyone says didn't play well. What did they do? Immediately they get a stop. They get the ball back, force a Dallas punt. And it's like, all right, well, like give Zach Wilson a chance. He's looked okay in the first half. Like, let's see what happens. Immediately we get a Dalvin Cook fumble and it's like, God fucking damn it. And then what does our defense do? They keep it close again and they hold them to a field goal. You know, it's like the way the defense just held on to at least give us hope. And then the way the offense just continuously went out and failed and failed and failed. It was just like, God damn, I've seen this movie a hundred times. It's pretty depressing. Yeah, no, it is. I literally sit there on my couch and I am like, I'm feeling this feeling that I felt so many times before I felt it, you know, 10 times last season, basically. And I'm just like, I, for some reason, I allow myself hope every single week, every single week. I'm like, we're going to do it. And then I just sit there feeling just broken down and defeated. I'm really interested to see uh, after, cause we're recording this in the middle of the Sunday night football game. I'm very interested to see where this line for the Patriots game comes out because they're trailing Miami right now, 17 to three. And I just I can't wait to see. And we're we're obviously going to have a fun episode in the middle of this week previewing the Jets Patriots game. But I mean, look, we're sitting at one, one and one. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's I I really do feel like you know the delusional Jets fan 
over I was gonna say, and over I, I think again. On, on Wednesday, I think I want us to go over like adjusted expectations now that we've seen what this offense is. I, I want us to go over and, and on Wednesday be like, where do we think this team can actually just end up and finish yeah. the season? Well, and that's kind of like, I'm at this point where, you know, no longer is is yeah we can match up with dallas and the chiefs and like easily win without you know get winning the turnover battle by three like we did against the bills or whatever it may be yeah. but th- this is where like my like delusional jets fandom comes in where i'm like but i think we can beat the patriots you know but like i think and, and that's where like hopefully this is what i'm hoping is hopefully the cowboys you know michael parsons and their d-line and their defense really is that good where, you know, other teams aren't going to be having a Michael Parsons just completely be able to blow up the game like that, you know, and hopefully other teams offenses aren't as good with a CD lamb and a Tony Pollard and a Dak, you know, and are able to just kind of dissect us like, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the Super Bowl play with anyone, like unless Zach Wilson takes major, major strides, which we have yet to see, then, you know, that's, that's out of the question. Outside of the game, do you take any uh, issue or find any any distraction among first Sauce going back and forth with some Dallas people and then deleting his Twitter account with Brees tweeting the four football emojis and then deleting the tweet? Like, is there anything where you're um, just like, come on, guys, it's week two? I, I don't know. I guess like you feel that, you know, and obviously it's like, I wouldn't want Brees to like be tweeting, complaining about his usage and whatever, but you got to remember, like, this is just the day that we live in now. And like sauce and Brees and Garrett are 24 years old, you know, or 23. They're going to be active on social media. That's what, you know, they're like kids and and that's kind of how it goes. And I, I'm kind of past like, like when, when athletes complain on social media, I'm kind of like, that is their right. And like I said earlier, hopefully the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know, like Brees Hall should be getting a lot more work in this offense. Yeah. Garrett Wilson should getting be getting a lot more manufactured touches in this offense. Like, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing to look for next week is how does Nathaniel Hackett adjust? Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of like this, like, tall task because all it's like hey we got to go to against new england and you know be against belichick and this defense that's so confusing and so complex so so there's all these kind of like roadblocks in the way but that is my biggest question right now is like we have zach wilson he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league or even a top two-thirds quarterback in the league as of now but other teams are able to go out there with backups and score points and move the ball you know, how is Nathaniel Hackett going to get that done to where we can go out and at least score points and move the ball? You know, I mean, we were scoring yeah. points with Mike White and Joe Flacco last year. You know, like you can get it done with bad quarterback play, but how are we going to do that? It's going to be interesting. I will say there is the 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 anomaly so far this season. It's just <clears> a two-game <throat> sample size, but of like Sauce being really tough in the first half and then just going back to being a lockdown corner in, in the third and fourth quarters of the game. Like he really struggled yeah. to start off the first half of the Buffalo game. And he did struggle to start off the first half of this game today too. He clamps it down in the second half. This really is though, to me, cause like 
you know, it, Sauce is just a very vocal person. This is the first time he's really had to deal with any scrutiny since coming into the league. Yeah. So it's been interesting to see how he responds and hopefully, you know, as he goes along. But I mean, hey, it's 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 tough passing assignments here when you start off your season with Buffalo and Dallas. But, um, you know, obviously the everyone's going to look at him and DJ Reed in regard to how CeeDee Lamb did today. And he was basically, you know, unstoppable for all four quarters. But um, just something that is interesting to keep an eye on because yeah. for some reason he started out real slow. The the first that's one of those two games. Yeah, no, he definitely did, and, and I'm I don't want to make it seem like like there are definitely you know those man to man times or like where it's his guy and and they're still getting completions, but I do think there's also like just like a lot of kind of like zone underneath routes that yeah. like that's what you're kind of giving them at that right, and that was kind of, you know again the Jets play this bendo break defense that does work until it doesn't you know yeah. so yeah. Yeah. So you have to be on, on the field for 42 minutes on defense. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a, this was a, a, a bury the tapes type of game, you know, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like, like you can look all around this team and, and point things out. Um, but it, it, it was bad all around. We got beat all around and, you know, if they want to win games, they got to play a lot better. Yep. Um, only other thing, I mean, there's fun stuff that we can talk about on Wednesday. We obviously, I, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers first, um, you know, comments made to the public. He obviously underwent a very quick procedure on his Achilles, a very uh, different type of, not a diff, that drastic, but a different type of uh, an approach to an Achilles rehab. So we'll get into that stuff as well, too. Obviously, I don't think he has said him, he, he said he hasn't set a timeline, but he also hasn't ruled himself out for a, a late, late return if the Jets can make it to that point. I don't know if you've seen any of this. No, Mike, I have. I have, have it last week. Yeah. And we don't have to super dive into this because we can just tease it a little. But yeah. but last week we, we we were kind of both like, yeah, I think like Acres was back in a year. And then I saw that Acres was back in like five, five and a half months. months. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's this like weird like. Maybe it'll happen, you know, and and. If anything, yeah. Outside of just crazy, like that but... crazy recovery, the only thing that it makes me feel better about is the start of 2024, right. basically. Start is of where next it kind year. Of... Yeah. But it does um, the only good. other thing to mention out of the QB room, and I, I read this from Diana Rossini, who had it today, um, the Jets reached out to two veteran quarterbacks. Uh, they reached out to Colt McCoy um, and then recently retired Chad Henney. Uh, Henney said he was happily retired at this moment and just wasn't kind of interested in coming back in uh, to to the NFL um, Colt McCoy apparently has a few options that he's considering and does expect to make a decision within the next week. So if he comes in as the jets next backup and boils back down to the practice squad, that could be the move there. Or if he chooses whatever other options are out there for himself, the jets will probably have to ride with Wilson and Boyle until they figure something else out, because it seems like they, there was a whole list of guys that they don't plan on reaching out to, you know, like a Philip rivers or a Matt Ryan or a, you know, uh, uh, some of the other named Bortles was thrown out there for a bit because of Hackett. So it just seems like those are the two they're looking at right now. If it's McCoy, it'll get done within the next week or so. But um, other than that, I don't know where yeah. else they'd go for for a backup. I would guess. I would guess that that will get done. You know, this week. I just wonder. I, would... I wonder what other options are out there. Yeah. In the league right now that he'd be taking. My a look thing at. is, if I was Colt McCoy. I, I would be like, well, I probably have a pretty good chance to start, you know, in two weeks if Zach Wilson has a bad game against the Patriots, you know, and maybe he just wants to get a little bit more money from him. So we'll see. Um, 
you know, like again, like everyone else, like a lot of Jets fans seem to be doing and watch the game. I'm I'm giving Zach some type of like not give him a, another week. a pass, but just yeah, another week. Let's see how he looks against the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Nice. Um, but yeah, we just gotta it's not gonna be this pretty season that we had all hoped for. I, but all is not lost yet, you know. So hopefully we can beat up on some worse teams than the Cowboys. I have a shorter leash for the left side of the offensive line than I do Zach Wilson. Dude, just I, we gotta switch them. I want Makai and AVT. But on. but you can't. So like the the thing with switching is is that you don't put Brown at right tackle. Well, like we're gonna just, bench Brown. So that's the thing is like you, you move Makai to left. I think I saw this on Twitter. Put AVT at right guard. Put Makai at left or at right tackle. Put Makai at left I saw tackle. That. Yeah, yeah. Put Tipman in at guard. Tipman in McGovern, and then That's... who would who would the other guard be? Uh, You're still keeping Lakin out there. Lakin's the one that I want fucking gone, dude. I, I, he, we, yeah, I guess so. he was at a Pro Bowl level, and like for a season and a couple games now, he's just been so bad. He's been yeah. so bad. <laughs> we also just need to stop like having CJ Ozama block ever. That's what I'm saying. Rucker you know, needs to be out there. As you said like, before, like not running to the right side when that's what we succeeded with the most. Life. It's just weird. I think I think Hackett has a lot to answer for. He's where yeah. I'm putting most of the blame, and I want to see him kind of adjust. Yeah, I uh, saw a Rossini tweet that I think kind of came from not the Hackett camp, but maybe just the coaching side of like why they weren't running the ball and why they didn't give Brees Hall the touches. And it came to two things, tackles for loss early on in the game and in time of possession. That's yeah, and I think it's fair that like it is. It we is. were not running the ball well on them at all. You know, no. like we would try to run the ball and immediately get put behind the sticks. And you know, but that's where it kind of comes into like pass on first down, then maybe you can have a second and five, second and three run or whatever. Um right. But yeah, whatever. We'll get into it. Today was a tough day. One and one. We're on the New England. <laughs> one and one. One and one. We got to win under our belt still. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, follow us on Twitter, NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same as the YouTube, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Spring Blake. We love you. We appreciate you. We're giving Zach Wilson another shot next week, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Peace.